the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Join us today as Pastor Draper deals with the subject of divorce in this message entitled Divorce Pandemic. Pastor Draper will be speaking from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Oh, it was assault and battery. And you know, some folks, when, when, when we preach Sunday after Sunday, and you still hightail it out here and live like you want to live, you need to be cursed, slapped, and hair pulled out. Won't you say amen? You don't want to face it? Yeah, I'd slap the makeup off your face. <laughs> slap that man until the teeth fall out. That, I mean, that was some stuff back then. You know I would never do that. I'm very nice and cordial, but I, I can grow some hair on some issues. I'm nice, but I ain't going to let you... We, ain't put, we don't put up with sin around here. That's why we have a church reconciliation council and all these things. When we find out, we deal with it. And if something's going on, it's because I don't know about it. But it brought to my attention, doggone it, we're going to find out about it and deal something with it because God's people must be a holy people. Don't you come to my office with that mess. I cuss you, slap you, and pull out your hair. That's what Nehemiah did because he wanted that nation holy. He wanted favor from God. And he wanted blessings from God. And anybody that was going to run interference on that, he would deal with them ever so severely. What would the church be like if all of us took sin that seriously? What would would we do like if every church did that? The church would have dynamite power. People would think twice before they join because they know you don't play here. I want you to say amen. Amen. Older folk get whooping. Younger folk get whooping. Men get whooping. The pastor get a whooping. Anybody, anybody get a line, you get a whooping. Because we don't play with God and sacred things. Why don't you say amen? Look at verse 12. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob the man who does this. Being awake and aware. In other words, you know exactly what you're doing. Yet who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts? In this verse, verse 12, the Lord invokes a curse on any Jew who committed the sin of marrying foreign women. The phrase, you see that first phrase in verse 12, may the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob. It meant that any man who blatantly violated the marriage covenant for foreign wives would die. I wonder if search were the case today, how many of you would still be sitting here? Thank God for the age of grace. To make matters even worse, Israel thought they could appease God by bringing their offerings to the Lord of hosts while committing such an abomination, which was blatant hypocrisy. Beloved, God does not accept an offering from those who are corrupt, rebellious, and unrepentant. Let Jesus clean up your life, then bring him an offering. 
Some folk give to God because they've been living like the devil and they feel like if I can bring them a decent offering, he'll leave me alone. But God says, no, no, I don't want your offering. I want your heart. You clean up your life, then I'll accept your offering. Your offerings don't pacify me. Amen. And it will not pacify my righteous indignation. I want you to clean up your life, then give me an offering. And then I will be glorified and bless you because of your righteousness. Now, one may ask the question, why was God so adamantly against Israel being entangled with foreign wives? Huh? Why was God so strongly adamant against Israel being entangled with foreign wives? And the reason is because to marry foreign women is to marry their religion which would eventually result in apostasy. To marry those foreign pagan women would be to marry, is to marry their religion, which would lead them into apostasy. You say, oh, pastor, well, now you say apostasy. What is apostasy? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It is a falling away from God. It is a falling away from God. Uh, it is a disowning of God. It is abandoning Allegiance to God. It is the abandoning of your allegiance to God. You know what apostasy is? It is spiritual defection. It is spiritual defection. I'm not through. Let me give you some more so you can really understand what this word is. Apostasy is spiritual desertion of one's love and commitment to God. It is spiritual desertion of one's love and commitment to God. You know what it is? It is knowingly and deliberately rejecting God and his divine law. In other words, you know what God says, you heard what God says, but you're going to do as you want to do. And that means that you are an apostate. To hear and know and then deliberately superimpose your will over the will of God regardless of what the word of God says that makes you an apostate and I wonder how many apostates are under my voice by radio and you who are listening to me today and there is someone under the sound of my voice you have a bible in your hand you are sitting in this church amidst the saints but it is highly possible that you are on the verge of apostasy and even worse you may have fallen into apostasy you came to Christ You acknowledge Christ as your personal savior, but you left your first love. You're no longer excited about God. You're no longer excited about his word. You're no longer excited about the church. It's more about the cowboys and money and food and fashion and malls and money and career. The excitement and exhilaration and fire you once had has been exchanged for the affections of this world. And that's apostasy, beloved. You know what the word of God says. However, you have knowingly and deliberately rejected God and his divine law. And God has me here today as Malachi, a modern day prophet to say to you, get out of your backslidden ways and come back to God. Summary. My friend, this message is not exclusive to Israel. It is also for the church today. It is never God's will for a believer to marry foreign women or men. It is never God's will to marry foreign women or men. 
which are unbelievers. A genuine born again Christian is radically different from an unbeliever. How different are you? We differ in our worship. An unbeliever don't want to worship God. They worship the God of money, the God of self, the God of prestige, the God of career. But Christians want to worship the Lord thy God. You want to tithe to God. You want to come to the Lord's house and you want to worship him in spirit and truth. There's a difference in our worship. Our worship. We got to realize that, beloved. And then there's also a difference in priorities. Not only worship, but priorities. When you got saved, you don't want to spend all your time at the clubs. You want to go to the house of God. You want to read books that are healthy for the soul. And you, you want to walk the way of righteousness. Your priority is to set your financial house in order God's way. Uh, you don't want to cheat on your taxes. Priority. You have a baby. You get pregnant with a child. And that unbeliever says, that man says, you know what? Uh, we, we, don't, we can't afford it now. Commit abortion. But now you value life. And you want life. And you know that's life in the womb. So what do you do when the husband is saying kill a baby but you want a baby? There's a difference in priority. One says thou, you can, thou shall not murder and you, you want to obey God. And the other one says go and murder because we can't afford it. Priorities. Priorities. Our value system is different. Our morals are different. Our thinking is different. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. But ain't nothing new about that unredeemed soul that you're living with. Fellowship. You were saved. And then uh, all of a sudden you want to fellowship with believers. But he don't want those churchy folk, holy rollers in your house, in my house. He want his buddies to drink the slits and the coors and to cuss and fuss around the cowboys. So you see, there's difference in fellowship. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, I want every soul with a Bible to find it. 2 Corinthians 6.14, this is why the Bible says in this passage, 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked. Together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So it says, be not, be not, be not. Do not be unequally yoked. Don't marry strange men. Don't marry foreign women. Marry those who are in the household of faith, lest you bring undue trouble and trials on yourselves. In closing this message, allow me to give you some words of wisdom for you out there to keep you from some unnecessary pain, from some unnecessary suffering and trials and tribulation. Number one, please write these down to save you some trouble. When a Christian marries someone who is unsaved, it automatically puts their relationship with Christ at risk due to compromising with a spouse who does not have an allegiance to Jesus Christ. Did you get that? Very few unsaved spouses allow the other partner 
to serve the Lord as they please without interference. Very few. I repeat it again. When a Christian marries someone who is what? Unsaved. It automatically puts their relationship with Christ at risk due to compromising with a spouse who does not have an allegiance to Jesus Christ. Very few unsaved spouses allow the other partner to serve the Lord as they please without interference. Interference. You you down at church too much. What you down there for? It don't take that long to go to church. No, you can't bring them over here for a prayer meeting. No, you can't eat. No, no, no. We don't, we, I mean, it creates tension and strife and all kinds of things. You're not giving all that money down there to that church. We got too many bills. That's enough to pay a car note, a light bill. We're not paying all that. We're not giving no tie-tie. You better give them a dollar and say, thank you, Jesus. You see, it gets really tough when you marry someone who is outside of the faith because they will lead you away or either prohibit you from doing what God would have you do. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Number two, when a Christian marries an unsaved person, they increase the risk of falling into apostasy. When a Christian marries an unsaved person, they increase the risk of falling into apostasy. In other words, there are a few cases where on rare cases where uh, a person marry an unbeliever or they become a Christian after they both pagans. And you know, that's, that's some of you in here. And uh, you, you, before you came to Christ, both of y'all was lost. You both little pagans and you didn't receive Christ. Then one of y'all get, both of y'all gets, one of y'all gets saved. And when and one gets saved, you have to really be strong in the Lord. Lest the unsaved person pulls you back into that old lifestyle. You understand what I'm saying? And there are few who hold out and hold on and refuse to waver, but they are few and far between. Number three, if you are a Christian and married to an unbelieving spouse and he or she is willing to live with you, do not pursue a divorce. Okay? If you're a Christian and married to an unbeliever, unbelieving spouse and he or she is willing to live with you, that do not pursue a divorce. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 12. It substantiates what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12. But it says, but to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe, and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. Y'all see that in the Bible? How many of y'all see it? Raise your hand. Okay, you know what that's saying? Let's just say, um, before y'all got saved, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, uh, both of you were lost, the husband and the wife, and you're both unbelievers. One of y'all hear the gospel and get saved. But the other person who's still unsaved, you know what? It didn't bother me. You want to go to church? You go on to church, and you want to pray to your God, you go and pray to your God, and you know, just don't... Just don't bother me with that. You know, just leave me alone and I'll be all right. I ain't going to bother you. and Don't you bother me. We're going to love each other and be just fine. You know what the Bible says? You're going to stay with them. Go on and stay with them. You know, you don't, if they're not fighting you and they're not giving you a hard time, 
The Bible says, don't you seek no divorce because you got saved. You don't know what God is going to do with that other person who's unsafe. Be patient because you were lost at one time yourself. Amen. You found each other in some club or something. And you get all holy. And now you can't wait on him. Won't y'all say amen? <laughs> all have sinned and come what? Short of the glory of God. So what I'm saying is that don't be so quick to let him go. Don't let him go. If he's not fighting you, not giving you a hard time, don't mind you tithing. You go to church as much as you want. Let you go. Let somebody come to the house who want to talk about, you know. If, but he said, but I, that ain't for me. I'm going to still go out with my friends. I'm going to still drink. And I'm going to still do that. Well, now you, listen, don't even wash in his face with the gospel. Every time you see him, talking about Jesus wants you. You know, you can't wear him out. Say it, but then know how to back off and not, you can't nag him into the kingdom. You can't nag her into the kingdom. Why don't y'all say amen? Oh, God help me. You think this is a wait till next week. Number four, regardless of one's status, I don't care what kind of status they have. Oh, I don't care how they look. Oh, you don't know my, he is so pretty. He's so handsome. She's so cute. I don't care about their career, their possessions, their education, or charisma. It is far better to obey the voice of God than man. Stop lying on the Holy Spirit saying he told you to marry an unbelieving spouse. The Spirit of God will never contradict the Word of God. I repeat it. The Spirit of God will never contradict the Word of God. Well, the Lord told me to marry her. No, and then, you, and then you get to, well, you know, the Bible says all things are possible. Him that believe. You ask that because you had none. That's the one the Lord showed me. With God, nothing is impossible. But it also say here, don't be unequally yoked. Stop forcing the scripture out of context. Won't y'all say amen? Well, look at me like that. I know I'm telling the truth. Some of y'all push the Holy Spirit to do what you want to do. Holy, Holy Ghost ain't no way in it. Then you mess up your life, your marriage, and you're weeping, hollering all over the place. And that ain't the spirit. That's not the spirit. In other words, I'm saying, look here, you ladies, y'all look at me. I want you to look at me real good. I don't care how handsome that joke is. He can have curly locks rolling down his behind. <laughs> Amen. He can be driving a Bentley. He can be doctor, so-and-so, cardiologist at the UT Health Science Center. And all that stuff. But if he don't know the Lord, and that man ain't from the Lord, don't you marry him. Don't you look at that stuff and let that, and marry into that. He'll wipe you over the floor with that stuff and get, you, get him another woman. He don't care. He figure like he's in charge. Yeah, you, you, you owe him. He, he did you a favor when he married you. Ooh, man. Y'all listen to me? Look how quiet it is in here. You know, he think he done it. Well, you don't have to hang by my drum beat. I get somebody else. Get on out of here. They owe, owe you. The man you passing up ain't got no hair. <laughs> Driving a 1968 Chevy. Amen. And, and he's a stocker at HVB. It's no offense to stockers, because that one time I worked in a stocker. It ain't no big money, but it's a job. Amen. He might work at, he might work at McDonald's. Now, he might have to work at three of them to get something. 
<laughs> but I'd rather have them saved from McDonald's than be in some high polluting place with a Bentley locks rolling on down and treat me like dirt. And then men, I talk to the women. Now, men, let me say amen, men. Men, say, say what you want. Oh, no, you ain't, you, you don't want to know. <laughs> men, oh, yes, that's weak. Y'all don't want to know, do you? Oh, no. Men, oh, yeah, now, okay. <laughs> A little bit of men, I don't care how fine she is. Her hair can be as black as a raven's wing. Shaped like a Coca-Cola bottle. Got a shape better than Miss America. I don't care if she's the executive at USAA. And I don't care about none of that stuff. And her smiles and her dimples. If she's not from the Lord and she's not saved, you run from her. You run from her. I'd rather have somebody that's... Short, that short hair, I'm kind of plump. <laughs> Ain't got too much size on them. I, you know, you know, but they know how to treat me right. They know how to love me unconditionally. Amen. Ain't by look. See what y'all doing? Y'all getting to see? Y'all looking at this outer appearance? And y'all, but God says I don't look at all that. I look at the heart. Oh God, thank you for leaving. I didn't say this in early service, but God gave me this to say now. Get off these folks back if they black and white and married or they Hispanic and white or black and Hispanic, whatever they call. Listen, leave them alone. Some of y'all, y'all the same race and can't get along. As long as they ain't same sex, I ain't got no problem with them and say, let them go. Leave them alone. This church is open to all kinds of races. It doesn't bother me. I will marry interracial because you save and you love the Lord and you right before God. I, I'll marry you. Amen. I ain't gonna marry no pagan. All right, well, one of my dear friends, uh, one of came in the office years ago and wanted me to marry him. And uh, but he believed in God and she didn't. And uh, I had to tell them, I had to abort the counseling process. I said, you know what? The issue starts with salvation. Man, I love you so much, but I can't marry you. And his wife was just fuming. She turned red in them. And I ain't seen them to this day after that fact. Sometimes when you stand for Jesus, sometimes it even breaks relationships. That crushed my heart, but I had to stand for the integrity of Scripture, even at the expense of losing alone a friend of mine. But I was not going to marry that person if one of them knew Christ and the other didn't. That'd be violating what the Lord of God told me to do. And I ain't going to let, I ain't getting no rear end whooping because of your mess. Amen? Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Oh God, this is all in this text today. I got some help for you too. Listen, number five, being a good man or woman is no substitute for being a saved man or woman. Refuse to allow love to blind you. Your love for God must transcend your love for another person. Being a good man or good woman is no substitute for being a saved man or woman. Refuse to allow love to blind you. Your love for God must transcend your love for another person. Oh, girl, you don't know. I got me a good man. 
Man, I got me a good woman. Wait a minute. That ain't what you want. You want a saved man. A godly man. You want a saved wife. A godly wife. That's what you want. The issue is salvation. It's no substance. Don't you let love be blind. Oh, you got love just blinds you. Oh, I love him. I say, you love him? Yeah, I love. I say, why you know you want to get married? I love him. I say, what is love? I get 50 different answers. 50 different answers. Number six, refuse to trust your emotions and do not allow it to govern your life. Refuse to trust your emotions and allow it to govern your life. Never make your emotions the authority. Instead, allow the Bible to be your sole authority. Emotions cannot sustain a marriage. Cannot sustain a marriage. Oh, I just feel a little fuzzy feeling. Oh, my heart starts beating a little faster. Hey, what is love? What is love? Oh, I love, I feel it. What you feel? I feel love. It's coming on now. <laughs> Listen, you know what love is? Love is commitment. Say commitment. Yeah, see, emotions, man, someday you wake up and you don't even feel married. You look at her and you just don't like her today. <laughs> but you're still married and you go and deal with it. You're not speaking, but you're still married. You ain't going nowhere, but you just, oh, God. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Come worship with the Maranatha Bible Church family on Father's Day, Sunday, June 19th at 10 a.m. On this special day, our worship celebration will express gratitude and appreciation to all fathers and grandfathers. Pastor Randall Draper has a special message prepared for all fathers that will encourage, bless, and strengthen them during these challenging times. Come celebrate Father's Day with us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.